Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Sometimes when something's upsetting me in the middle of the night, I get out of bed, I go sit by the window on the couch, and I just talk to Christabel. She died recently. She was our babysitter for like four years. Mm-hmm. And I just talk to her, and I feel like you can feel her in the air, mm-hmm. and you can hear her listening to you, and it feels good. Hello, and welcome to Raising Rebels, a podcast about oppressed parents raising free children. Today, I'm joined by Tamil Jones, um, and we're going to be talking about... I guess the way I was thinking about it is like black magic and all of the ways that we support our children and staying connected with their ancestors and um, just the astral plane in general. Like how do we keep them connected to the spiritual world in ways that feel true to who they are and who we are as a people? And so what we'd like to start the podcast with one word to describe how you're feeling right now. So what's one word for you? Excited. Mm-hmm. Excited. Yummy. Yay. That's so funny. Let me tell you what's funny because I'm looking at your home. You're looking at, well, my child did this background that I have behind me on this Zoom call. But um, it's pink around you. And I was thinking, I feel like soft and fun and like cotton candy. It was feeling like yummy. That makes sense. So I'm feeling cotton candy. You're feeling yummy. This is a perfect way to start. So, Tamil, tell the people about yourself. I am so honored to be here. I'm so excited um, for the opportunity to be introduced to your audience. Um, a little bit about me. I was born in Tennessee, raised in Texas, and now um, I live in a suburb of Atlanta. So I'm a Southerner um, through and through. I'm a country girl at heart. <laughs> um, that is who I am. I am a mystic is how I would describe mm-hmm. myself. I'm a seeker. Mm-hmm. Um, I am an oracle and, um, the way that that presents for me is I serve the collective, um, primarily through, uh, divination, through tarot, mm-hmm. um, but also just intuitively channeling, uh, messages one-on-one to clients. Um, and then of course to my audience every single day through, um, what we call the daily flow. Mm-hmm. Um, the name of um, my spiritual wellness business is Overflow, and it is a digital platform for millennials. But I've noticed now that the age is really expanding and increasing. Um, I am not a millennial, and I begin my <laughs> whole life. So yes. I, I definitely, yes, listen, listen, go ahead, please. So, yeah, so I'm noticing the audience is broadening, but for people, right, for people mm-hmm. with progressive and evolving spiritualities. Mm-hmm. And so it's really a home um, for finding, nurturing, and cultivating a greater sense of self. Um, but more so, I would say, a greater sense of the way that you relate to spirit, to the divine, um, and to all of the cosmic forces that uh, are surrounding us. Mm. 
I'm so I'm like I'm so there. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your children or your child. I don't even know children. You're children. Right. Okay. Yes, I mm-hmm. thought that's what I thought. So I have three children. Me they- too. <laughs> <laughs> they are boys, and mm-hmm. their ages are twelve, ten, and eight. Which we're joking right now. Like this is the only time we're going to be able to like get that number right because it, mm-hmm. they're all even. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like in a few months it'll be odd and off again and awkward. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, I actually feel comfortable sharing their names. So my oldest son, his name is Kelly, and he's mm-hmm. named um, for his father. And um, Kelly is actually um, the westernized um, name that his parents gave him, but it's Kalechi. Um, it's an Igbo name. Um, and so my husband is first gen. He was born here. And um, so his name is Kalechi. That is my oldest son and my my middle son is Caleb and he is 10 and my youngest son is Christian and he is eight and so they are all so very similar um Mm -hmm. to each other in ways that frustrate them um because I find that they're often always trying to express themselves at the same time Mm-hmm. Um, in the same ways, but they are also very different. So my oldest is a preteen, right? And so he's very like <sighs> learning his feelings, learning mm-hmm. his emotions, um, mm-hmm. learning to express himself in ways that he feels confident and heard and wants to make sure that he's heard. And mm-hmm. we're as his parents learning that like, you deserve to be heard and what you are not going to do <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> is mm-hmm. talk over us and mm-hmm. disrespect us. And it's really hard <laughs> right mm-hmm, now, you know, because mm-hmm. we don't want him to feel like he can't speak, that he can't be seen, that he can't be heard. Um, and his parents are very, very expressive and his parents are very, very outspoken. So he's just us, right? He's Mm -hmm. just a reflection of us. So Mm -hmm. anytime he speaks and anytime I feel like a way about the way he's talking to me, I'm like, well, I mean, this is what they warned you about, Mm -hmm. right? Like, you're going to get yours. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. that's where we are with him right now. But he's uh, brilliant. He loves um, sports and he loves gaming. And so that's something that I've been... um, especially in COVID since there's not, um, you know, a lot of recreational sports that he can um, engage in. Um, We're embracing his love of gaming a little bit more. Whereas I think we were really, really hesitant before, especially with like the live Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and like engaging with strangers. And it's Mm -hmm. just like, ah, so that's Mm -hmm. new territory for us. My middle son um, plays the piano brilliant boy loves anime um and is already super he's a cancer so my oldest son is a capricorn i will say that and so that is the stubbornness of his capricornian nature my middle son is a cancer and he is very intuitive always knows if something's wrong with me um I also, um, he has anxiety. Um, he suffered some trauma, so, um, he has some anxiety. Um, and he also had, um, some developmental delays. And so, mm-hmm. um, he now is able to like fully vocalize and express himself in ways that, um, we never knew that he would. So mm-hmm. we're really, really grateful at th- for that, but he talks mm-hmm. a lot all the time <laughs> all the facts all the mm-hmm. um all the facts all the memes he wants to mm-hmm. tell us like every five minutes so mm-hmm. it's really um 
it's a joy um, that he gets to express himself um, in ways that are different from his brother. Because for a long time, him and his older brother, he wanted to kind of be joined mm-hmm. at the hip and do everything mm-hmm. his brother wanted to do. But mm-hmm. now he's coming into like his own identity, his own interests. And that's been really awesome to see. And then Christian is an Aquarius. And what mm-hmm. that means <laughs> is that he is fearless and mm-hmm. he is um, daring and he takes risks sometimes high risks um activities so we really have to you know make sure he's safe um Mm -hmm. and that's a big priority for us without like really like um putting a damper on his spirit because he's he's a big energy he really is and it's so, so interesting hearing you talk about your three because my three I have two cap I have two Capricorns too. Okay. Um and I love them. And I'm I don't know I didn't even I wasn't it's not us well I it's so funny, but when you're young you're not at, aware of the people around you and like what their signs are. So I know. But now I'm growing up I realize I was I had no a lot of I've always known a lot of Capricorns. Um and then my youngest is a Pisces. And what's really interesting is like what you're talking about, like the fearlessness. There is something that comes with having like these two older people that you're like trying to keep up with and also trying to prove and also feel yes. so much more safe than anybody else does because you have all of these bigger people that are taking care of you yes. everything you want and so you just like I can fly let me go let me go fly right now literally of course, yeah no I know <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no oh no I know um what are your children's love languages like how do they receive love from you so I'll start with Christian just because he was the last one I t- was talking about his he loves to watch movies, so he loves time. I would say his is time. Um, and he, he doesn't want to just tell you about something. He wants you to experience it with him. Mm. So he really, really wants to see your reaction. He wants to like know that you're paying attention. Like, don't miss this because if you miss it, then you didn't actually do this thing that I asked you to do. Like, yes, yes. You said. Oh, I know this. Because you're speaking. <laughs> you are speaking to me right now. I, I know this person. And so well. this is yes. when they start to raise us, right? Yes. Because yes. it's like, okay, I'm trying to be present. And it's mm-hmm. like it's calling me out like when I'm not. And so yeah. that's his. Um, Caleb's is I think right now his primary is respecting his boundaries and his space. Um, Mm He will, he will let you know if he wants to Mm -hmm. be uh, touched, if he wants to be um, engaged in conversation, like he wants his alone time. And as a Mm -hmm. cancer, I really, really understand that. So I would, I would say um, if I could use some of the existing um, ways that we, use love languages acts of service I think for him is Mm. primarily because he wants to know that I love him enough that I took time aside to do something just for him Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not necessarily just that I'm doing for all of them he wants to feel like I got the thing that he wanted that he was interested in um, Mm -hmm. that is special to him whereas my youngest son he's just like this is we're brothers and it's everything Mm -hmm. and whatever is for all of us we'll do it together that is not caleb and then my oldest uh i would say 
his is uh, listening. And I don't know mm-hmm. where that fits in the love languages category. Mm-hmm. I don't know the te- the technical. I, I just know <laughs> just like the idea of like how yeah, they receive. Yeah, love. so yeah. how they receive is definitely the listening for him because he wants to be heard. And mm-hmm. if he doesn't, um, and gifts, he likes gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, but but definitely listening because he feels right now where he is is that like we don't listen parents just don't understand that's his vibe right now it's like we do not listen to him and I'm just like I'm listening to you and what you're saying is <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> not what's gonna happen so that, that's them I just wanna say we've been on the phone like having this conversation for a very short period of time and I you've sparked so many thoughts already in my head what a blessing um a lot of right right away around like my own children and hearing you articulate how your children receive love is che- helping me check in with like how I loved on my kids today or didn't you know and like what that looks like and so I really am I'm so excited for this I'm like it's all all the things are happening so that feels really good to me yes. um so we like to start the podcast with a recollection and the reason why we do recollections is so that well, first of all, to give respect and like reverence to children, our children, particularly ourselves as children. Um, and also, I feel very strongly if like the only way you're really going to understand how to be in relationship with your children is if you understand who you were as a child. Like, and that is like life work. <laughs> and so we try to do a little bit of it before we get into it. And so today when I was thinking about, you know, like when I was thinking about, you know, like you called yourself a mystic, but all of the things that I practice that I know you practice that I'm open to around um, the astral plane and ancestry and like spirit and all of that are things as a young person or as a child was thought as is like scary, You know what I mean? Like, it's like you're not supposed to, like, engage with that. And so the thought or, like, it's something to be afraid of. And so the thought that came to my mind was, like, this idea of being haunted and, like, what does it mean to be haunted? And I went and I was, like, looking it up. And really haunting is just something that you can't get out of your mind. It's just something that sticks with you. Like, you just can't forget it. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And there's so many things that are haunting me now as an adult that I'm, like, so want like invested in and so connected to and wanting more of and as a young person that's not always the way that that was and so I asked you to think of a recollection of a time or a, um, a thing or idea that haunted you and to push back as far as you could into your memory um will you share your story with us please I will share my story um, and I will say um, it is a bit of a trigger warning, um, trigger warning being um, pedophilia and incest. Mm-hmm. And it was a summer that I was um, back home in Tennessee visiting family and my uh, big mama, um, who is now an ancestor, um, lived next door to her cousin. And her cousin had a grown son who was my my mom's cousin, right? So I think mm-hmm. he's about, would be my second cousin or third cousin or something like that. And so I think I was around seven or eight years old. And uh, I think he was playing Nintendo. And I remember this now as I'm retelling the story and like creating the visual. And it's very safe for me to tell because I've done a lot of work around this um, for me and my body. Um, I'm fine telling it. And so... 
I remember him asking me to come and give him a hug. And so I went and I gave him a hug and he like wrapped his arms around me and then didn't like really let go um, and then started moving his hand down towards my backside. And I was just really confused at the time. And um, then he's like, let's go outside. Um, let's go outside. So we start walking outside towards the the backyard of the house. Behind the house, there was a railroad track. Mm-hmm. And so he started to walk me towards the railroad track. And all of a sudden, his mother comes out of the house mm-hmm. and screams his name so loud into a the visceral fear and uh, protection. Not really so much of me, though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of him, like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because there was never really any care for me after, mm-hmm. right? There was no, mm-hmm. um, nobody told my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I never told my mom because I didn't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So that always really stuck with me. Um, and that has always haunted me mm-hmm. because the way that it manifested in my life um, was not really feeling safe and also mm-hmm. not fully being protected Um, In many, many instances as I grew up um, in my teenage years, preteen years, and just really having some really unsafe experiences um, uh, with people who were taking advantage of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I will say this when we look at it as in the spiritual sense that like there's real evil, you know may manifest in the body like there are people with demons right and do evil things and so I feel protected um and when I look at the ways in which all of the ways in my life where I was really close and feeling really preyed upon like there was so many like close encounters where like really bad things could have happened and didn't Mm -hmm. in some cases did um but that is my haunting. Um, mm-hmm. And it's always stuck with me, especially now that I'm raising children. What can I do to make sure that my children are always safe? Mm-hmm. But of course, that manifests in extreme ways as well, right? Paranoia, fear, anxiety of like, oh, somebody's going to hurt my children or I'm, they're going to be hurt and really just always being on edge. Um, and so that is my recollection. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing. Oh my gosh, so many connections and um, similar experiences, right? Like similar experiences. For me, when I thought about it, um, something that just kind of hit me immediately, which was like, I had something I hadn't thought about in a long time, was my next door neighbor. And so... Um, I lived, you know, like I lived in the Bronx. I grew up, I'm a city kid. I grew up in the Bronx in New York and I lived on a block. Like your block was like your community. Like you knew, you like you just go across the street and it's a whole nother world. But your block is a particular thing. And so my next door neighbor, um, next door to us, we had um, a woman. Her name was Miss Johnson. And we shared like a driveway and a backyard with Miss Johnson's house. Um we weren't the owners of the house. We like rented the top floor, but we were all very connected. We were like family and we lived that way. So Miss Johnson always like took a liking to me. Like she just like liked um, being around me or like talking to me or engaging with me. But for me, how I felt about her was like I wanted to avoid her. 
Like, I didn't want to see her. Like, it, like I knew that when I interacted with her, there was going to be some kind of, like, joke or some kind of teasing. She didn't understand my love language. <laughs> so <laughs> the way that, you know, she interacted is, like, what often happens with older people when they're trying to interact with young children that doesn't feel safe, mm-hmm. but also... Um, she never did anything unsafe. Like she always had food for me and can't and things like that. But it it wasn't a welcome like interaction. But she always looked out for me. And um, anytime another kid on the block or something happened, she would like go get your mother. Like she was very much like in care of. And it made me. And I I felt like I was like haunted by her. And as I got older and like she moved away and then I would go visit I really missed her like I remember as like I became more of a teen and like an adolescent I really like understood her love for me in a way I hadn't when she Mm. was when I was younger and I kept thinking about this idea of like this miss that happens between generations that Mm -hmm. happens between our relationship as young people when we're young with children and our relationship with older people and ancestors in general, right? Like it's not something that we look to as like something we can be in relationship with. It's like something ancestors, older people, grandmas, old like older aunts, older neighbors, like you are a nuisance. Like you're not, you know, yes. like you're not wanted. You're not, you're in the way or Speak you're being like. spoken to, you know, y'all need to be out of grown folks business. Yes. And like, and, yeah. And so you don't, you don't learn, or at least I didn't learn or socialize the understanding of like older people, um, ancestors, any of that is something that I wanted to connect with as a child. Because mm. that's something that I'm, I, we're not the same. We're not involved. We're not connected in any way. Um. I tell you what to do and then, you know, they tell you what to do. You do it or you don't do it, but it's to be avoided. And so I have so much about this. I want to talk to you about because I've been thinking so much about children and the amazing work that you do. Um, I got introduced to you by a good, good friend of mine and who is like a super fan. (laughs) And she was like, you have to, you have to listen, you have to follow IG, you got to go to the classes, you got to connect because the way in which, like you said, you're speaking about all of this is through such a progressive lens, such a like liberated lens um, that feels really welcoming. And what always happens to me is I'm like, okay, well, we're the children. Like, how do we connect children Mm -hmm. to what is happening in all of this? So, um, I guess I want to start with what magic, you spoke a little bit about it before, um, or mysticism do you practice? And like in a little bit more detail. Sure. So I grew up as a Christian. Um, the the faith that I practiced, the very specific expression of Christianity, I grew up in uh, the Church of Christ, mm-hmm. which is, um, I would say that they consider themselves to not be a denomination. Um, but they are a very particular sect of Christianity. So I would still consider them to be a denomination. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and the way in which women's uh, spiritual spirituality was really confined in, in that faith group was very uh, silencing. And so... I've never really been a quiet person or a rule follower. So um, that 
probably was never going to work as I came more into myself um, as a as a full person to like kind of say that I can't preach or I can't pray publicly, um, especially now knowing the gifts that I have. Uh, I'll say that that probably triggered me into exploring um, alternative ways to connect to God. Oh, wow. Okay. And so as I... The first way that I started kind of expanding into what we might consider to be magic, but is probably is really more so just like our ancestral, you know, and traditional practices pre-Christianity um, was through um, feeling the presence and the energy of uh, uh, Ifa Orisha, um, Yoruba Orisha, the deity um, that we call Yemoja. Um, I'm not... Um, initiated into Ifa, um, but that was just my you experience. Gotta tell, you gotta tell you gotta you gotta you gotta tell the people all of the things. Yes. You gotta so tell I will tell all the things. people all of the things. So <laughs> Ifa is a Yoruba religion. Um in Nigeria, Yoruba is a people in Nigeria and it's very ancient and sacred religious practice. Mm-hmm. Um and so I caveat that I am not um initiated just because I am not I would not characterize myself as a daughter of Yemoja, a Yemoja priestess. I do not know all of the ways in which um would be prescribed traditionally to like honor her. Mm-hmm. Um I've done some research, but what I knew in that moment at a really place in my life where I was really low, what I would characterize as a dark night of the soul when I cried out to God to come and hold me and to really come and rescue me and to make me feel whole again and connected again in ways that I was feeling really disconnected and rejected from a, my faith community. That is the energy and presence that came to me. How did you know that's what it was? Um, because I heard it. So I have um, the abilities that I um, have are claircognizance, which is a clear knowing, um, mm-hmm. which is how I'm able to channel messages. And when I work one on one and like, well, how did you know that I like, that just happened yesterday or this? I'm planning on doing this tomorrow. It's just the way that I connect. Um, that's one of my giftings. I also have clear audience so I can hear. Um, and then I clairsentience, which is the ability to feel a thing and know that an energy is around, very sensitive mm-hmm. to energies. And so I heard it and felt true and resonating in my spirit. So I, I felt it and knew it and heard that this was the energy that was coming to me. Now, it scared me a little bit because I wasn't necessarily familiar Um uh, traditional African religion is very uh, popular and even was at this time because I would say that was about four years ago when mm-hmm. I had this experience and this mm-hmm. encounter. Um, uh, but it made me research more and I did. And I didn't stop there. I started looking at other um, other deities and energies that my, my ancestors may have worked with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a mixed uh, ancestry and heritage. Um, so a lot of my family comes from the Congo. Um, I have a lot of Scot- Scottish and um, Irish traditions um, that I've looked into and embraced. And that's why I would say I categorize myself as a mystic because so many paths to God uh, feel right for me. Yes. And I'm definitely... Um, I definitely feel a pull or a draw to more of a cosmic universal expression of God versus one specific path to God. Mm -hmm. And so I honor all paths um, to God and whatever feels resonant for people. But that's how I knew and that's how I felt it. Something that you said that um, this idea of like 
well, I felt it or I heard it. And you trusted it. Do you know what I mean? There's like this, la- just right. this kind of like, and um, for me, there is definitely a knowing that is more about trusting. It's not like nothing, there's nothing new. You know what I mean? Like, I guess what I'm saying is like, I realize now in retrospect, throughout my life, there have been signs, there has been messages, there has been like connection, but I wouldn't, I didn't check in on it or I didn't trust it. I didn't trust my body. I didn't trust my, um, I didn't trust my thoughts. I didn't trust my subconscious. I didn't, you know, like everything was scary. Everything was like not supposed to be real and something shifted for me. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's nearing Halloween, and on I yesterday, last year, I celebrated the Day of the Dead. And it was, like, really cool, and it made me feel connected to the spirits, so that was nice. Why do you start bumbling as you're speaking? Sometimes. All right, well, last year I I celebrated the Day of the Dead, and that made me feel really connected to the spirits. What made you celebrate the Day of the Dead? (sighs) Someone I knew died. I always am afraid I'm going to get the name wrong, Mm -hmm. because I always mixed up her and her daughter's name. Mrs. Naman, that's what I called her. And she died that year, and I wanted to celebrate her. But why the Day of the Dead? Because I heard about it. I wanted to try it. I was interested in different religions, so I was interested. I wanted to try it. Mm -hmm. So I did it. And I'm wondering, like, when you say you knew, like, is that was that the shift? Just like it was just like a felt sense, like, and then I'm shifting and I, I turn this is like available to me now. Right. So I definitely won't say it was sudden. I feel like my ancestors, my spirit guides have been sending me um, signs just like you described mm-hmm. all along the way. Really, ever since I was little, always being very sensitive. Um, my mom has dreams. My big mama had dreams. I've had dreams. But we don't really, you know, talk about that. Like, yes. you know, the fact that we ha- have these gifts. And so now that I've kind of come out um, of what some people call the woo-woo closet, like being a spiritualist, um, now my family is kind of talking about it a little bit more. You know, I have ringing in my ears or I have this clear audience. I have this. And we all have it. Like, it's just... Yes. It's so amazing when that happens. Like when I mean, I I find it with queerness. I find it with like sexuality and other ways. I find it with like 
this like mysticism is like once you are comfortable like saying your truth so many people are like thank you i wanted to share a little something 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 yes. you know like i have questions too and especially when you share those truths from a place of like widening like it's big mm-hmm. versus it being very narrow there's like spaces for so many people to connect with what is um so you like so you're here you have all these knowings i love like i like that either they're called like like clear knowing like mm-hmm. like this like they're mm-hmm. like there's no um there's no filter or there's no like blockage you right. know like that's what i hear you saying like there's yes. no blocking. it's coming and i like i can i can i can receive it absolutely Which is such a big part of it like being able to receive love anything messages is we don't we don't realize that you that's better our preach. work. Yes, <laughs> that's it. We don't you know what I mean? Like we don't realize that that is part of our work and I think so often um with children this letting them trust their bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, like something I've heard you say um I've heard other people say is like the body doesn't lie. Mm-hmm. Like the body doesn't lie and I think um children are taught and socialized to not trust their bodies. You know what I mean? Like it's something that don't go to the bathroom when you have to go to the bathroom. Don't eat when you're hungry. Don't sleep when you're tired. Like don't, everything that's about like me just centering my physical self. Chill, like it's like the work of childhood or the socialization and going to school and all that is about disconnecting you from. I have a whole your... other recollection about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, dang, I could have picked that tell one. And that, your, my, no, no, that might tell have all been your less. Stories. No, tell all your stories. Tell all your stories. That's the whole point. So I'm wondering, how do you help your children stay connected with their bodies? Um. So I don't. Or I do my best to not invalidate them when they mm-hmm. say a thing to me. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, where I, they challenge me often is when I tell them you're not hungry. Just a simple expression. How can you tell me that I'm not hungry? Are you, do you have my body? Are you in my stomach? Which would be like <laughs> super like disrespectful, right? We Quote. don't. We don't even. We don't subscribe to that here at Raising Rebels. Right. We don't Come subscribe on. to that. But right. go ahead. Yes. yes. But you know yes. what I mean, right? I understand like, what that you mean. Like... We couldn't. We couldn't do that. Right. We, we as children, that would not be acceptable comments or like even thoughts. Like even right. if you thought it, you wouldn't articulate that. You right. just keep that shit to yourself and, and keep moving. They, but the thing also is raising children who are uh, neurodivergent is like mm-hmm. they're my middle son, for instance. He doesn't have a filter, like. He he's learning to be, you know, maybe not be sarcastic or not say mm-hmm. things that are offensive because we want him to be kind and we yes. want him to understand yes. what yes. happens when you speak to people in a certain way. But yes. as far as like, which is very different than this 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 um idea of respect, yes. which really gets me. It's one of those things that I really hope that we as oppressed people can unlearn mm-hmm. because respect, like so many things, is our social constructs and what feels respectful to you versus what feels respectful to me is going to be different. And that's I okay. I just had this and conversation. Get, yes. And you get to say, this is how I need you to engage with me, which is so much more like true than this is how you should be, which is what respect, like that idea of respect. And there's something about us as adults that are afraid, which I think really ties to how we were raised as children to acknowledge that what we need emotionally is valid. 
regardless if nobody else in the entire universe needs that emotionally, the fact that you need that emotion emotionally is valid and you get to ask the people you're in community with for that. And I think that's such an important lesson that we can teach our children. That's not respect. It's just about like, like you said, kind and being in care of each other. Um, yes. So I just had to say that. No, you, that was great. That was fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. what you said prompted something that I'll say after Go this. Ahead. So it was perfect. So with that, with the hunger though, right? I'm telling you, you're not hungry because I know you just ate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, but you can't, I, but as children, there's only certain words and language that they know. Yes. I'm observing that you're actually bored. Yes. You also might be a little anxious. Mm-hmm. And also because I know that I have those same tendencies, right? To like maybe use food or mm-hmm. use something that feels safe or comfortable or whatever. And so now instead of just telling them, no. Stop going in the kitchen. Like you're being rude. You're being disrespectful. You're eating too much food. Like I really try and be mindful and say, so let's look at the time. Let's look at how much you ate then. This is what I think is happening. Does that mm-hmm. resonate for you? I, I don't say resonate, but I may start say using resonate. that word. I love, yeah, I, say I, resonate. Use all the yes. words. Use so all the words. I, I will probably start you teaching them that language, but I say, does that feel right? Like, do you understand what I'm saying? And And then they'll say, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. mom, I, th- I think you're right. I, I think you're right. Because then I can't, I, they're right. I can't be in their stomach. I can't mm-hmm. feel their body for them, but I have good sense. Mm-hmm. And I want them, to, I want to teach them, right? That's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to teach them. I think you're doing so much more than that. And I mean, the things that I notice and which in your telling of that story is what you are doing is like that same level of clarity. So, like, you don't have any blockage or even filter that language creates, Mm. you know, and the limitations of language, right? Like, your ancestors that are coming through and connecting with you, they they didn't speak the language you speak, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't didn't talk in the way you talk. They didn't have the same, like, figures of speech like that. No, not at all. But the clarity comes, and the same is true in relationship with your children. So, you're like... You're saying you're trying to communicate something to me and I can hear it mm-hmm. through the noise of the words mm. and your attitude and my tiredness. <laughs> and like, and yes. like, I can hear. And that is like such a, I mean, such a gift of like the validating of our feelings, like mm-hmm. our validating of our felt sense, like our connection to our bodies, children being validated around like, if that don't feel good, it's not good. You know, mm-hmm. like if it, and that's okay. And if it, and, and there's time, like we can move slowly. Nothing has to be solved or resolved right now in this moment. And so you can feel all of the feeling. Wild Wild Tech is a brand new podcast all about the intersection of technology and pop culture. Each week on Wild Wild Tech, we will bring you the wildest, most bizarre, most interesting stories about technology and how it's shaping our culture. We found experts, journalists, and people who lived through these incredible events who will help us understand how technology is affecting our daily lives. Subscribe to Wild Wild Tech to hear about how the video game World of Warcraft is helping us understand the spread of COVID-19. Or how artificial intelligence is trying to break copyright law. Find Wild Wild Tech for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.
I have um, I have three different people that are similar in all these amazing ways and unique in all these other amazing ways. And all I think like um, my oldest particularly is one that is she's um, an empath has always been like as a young person has always been has always communed has always been in connections with ancestors, um, speaks to them like she's speaking to me, right? Like, hi, yeah, hi, Grandma Jack. Like, just people she's never met. And um, I've always felt like it's such a gift. Like, I, it's such an amazing gift to not have the barrier of death be what, you know, or this life to be what keeps you separated from your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm trying, um, with your help, you know, like all this work, trying to reconnect with. Um, and so here at home, it's a very safe place to engage with all of that. Mm-hmm. And once you go out into the world, or you're like, even for her, it's not even going necessarily out into the world. It's like maybe with grandparents or other family members who aren't really down with this, like, let's set a table for this dead relative mm-hmm. because I feel like they're here right now. Mm-hmm. Um because they too were socialized to think of like we're um, first generation Jamaican and this this term called like duppy, mm-hmm. which is like spirits and you're like scared of duppies and you can't like it's all anything it's all supposed to be negative. And even in that though, right? Even in our superstitions, because mm-hmm. Black folks universally, um, even after we've taken on things that aren't um, weren't indigenous practices, right? So they've reframed and trained us to, you know, we've been colonized in the way that we yep. see things. But even in our superstitions, and um, maybe even like the ne- demonizing a little bit of it, we're acknowledging that they're real. Yes, yes, yes. I always say that you wouldn't be talking about it if you if it wasn't here. You if it wasn't a thing, you wouldn't be talking. You would, we wouldn't be talking about it, right? And. I mean, I have a, uh, uh, this has happened quite a bit where similar to what you were just saying around like when you open yourself up to this way of thinking and this way of experiencing the world, you recognize and realize that it was part of your lineage. You know, Mm -hmm. it was part of what was, I mean, we have this thing, I don't even know where it came from, but anybody who is Jamaican or probably other places know this, if a child starts hiccuping, Mm. You get a piece of, of fabric and you stick it to their forehead. What do they do? For what? You know, like, like how, who, who says? What, what? And you the ancestors tell, say. The, ans- the ancestors say. And I think, and you, be- and those same people who are at church every Sunday, the Bible, they will tell you this is what you're supposed to do yes, right now. So our elders ask, in that moment. Yeah. yeah don't ask me why, because I can't tell you why. And it doesn't even matter. I just know it's what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do it. And we don't have to prove that it works. And you just go with it. Like, you just like, okay. And that's what, and I, and you, and those parts of my, um, like things that my children got that was part of those traditions that I don't even rem- all remember all of them and definitely don't know to practice. It feels like a loss. Like, it feels like at the time when you're younger, um, or like when I first had, started having my kids and my mom would practice things or my grandma and my grandma and I was just like I'll let them have it just let them have it they want to do it let them have it but I wasn't like celebrating it I wasn't uplifting it I was just like these 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 crazy old people they just do what they do go ahead do it and now I'm like no I want to be able to do it like that I want to have I yeah. want that wisdom I want that practice I want I want to know how to make that tea I want to know how to um 
create that safety. I want to know how to like do those traditional things. And so much of it feels lost because we don't like give it its proper respect. You know, yeah. that there goes that word. We don't give it, you know, like we don't give it its proper space in our, we don't allow for it. We don't allow for it. Um, and so what do you practice with your children? So when we talk about this um, in Reclaiming Our Bloodlines, um, which is an ancestor veneration life class that we offer at Overflow, um, is I have altars for my ancestors, right? And for a while, as I was coming into my own um, spiritually, like I'm growing myself. So I didn't necessarily introduce things immediately um, to my children, right? Because I want to practice this for myself, make sure that this is, feels right for me, that I know it to be true for me, um, which is what spirituality is, right? Is like just what you said. It, I don't have to explain to you. I'm not going to tell you nothing. I just know that this is right and this is right for me. Um, but as time went on, I would, they would see, I want them to come into my space. I want them to be here. And so at this point, they know everything, right? They know they are, they know everything. So what are these cards? Mm -hmm. What do these cards do? And so I have like an Oracle deck that talks about like human archetypes. So I let them pull. Mm -hmm. And when they saw the card that came out and they read it, they're like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) me oh my god so like doing like their own divination their own um, affirming of like who they are as a person exploring and then with the um ancestor author I have a really really special story about how like I really did start incorporating them or including them um in the practice um was when my big mama passed. So Mm -hmm. they got to spend some time with my big mama, um, one on her 75th birthday when she was in uh, great health. So they got to spend some like real quality time with her. Um, before that she came for like a Thanksgiving. So they have a really, really special connection, um, to her that I'm so grateful for. Um, but when her health started declining, she, um, spent some time down here in Georgia, uh, with one of my aunts and uncles and we went to visit her when she was ill. And so, um, she was very visibly ill. So it wasn't like, um, they knew, you know, they knew Mm -hmm. that she was sick. And so they, what can we get for big mama? Like, you know, go take her some food or go make her a plate or go get this. And so they really like tended to like the things that she needed in a very short amount of time. So when she passed, um, they all were at her, her services. Mm -hmm. And so, um, they now seen and experienced death. And this was Mm -hmm. the first person that Mm -hmm. they were close to that Mm -hmm. they lost. So how does that, not be traumatic for them is mm-hmm, kind of how mm-hmm. I thought about it. Like, how do mm-hmm. I get them to like honor and celebrate and witness it and have the grief, um, the shock, even trauma? Cause, um, like there was the open casket and like all mm-hmm. of that. And so my oldest ones were like, you don't know, like they didn't want to see, um, cause they were afraid. My youngest, the Aquarius, <laughs> mm-hmm. he wanted to see her. And so he did. He was there in the front row of the services and Mm -hmm. crying and like singing and they all were. And so when we came home, I was like, well, you know, we are going to put Big Mama on this altar Um, because I really hadn't started 
I, I had a general kind of like, oh, my ancestors, my beneficial and honorable ancestors, but mm-hmm. I hadn't started. Well, that's not true. I, I was working with my aunt Michelle who passed previously, but the dedication, the true dedication to the altar, what I feel like truly honors my ancestors mm-hmm. didn't really start until my big mama passed. And so they put her picture um, from her funeral program on the altar. Um, I had them uh, write a letter to her. Um, um, I think we, yeah, I'm trying to think who, I think it was my youngest son. Cause he really wanted to do some stuff. So like we did a balloon release, um, just like a single like balloon. And, um, he watched Coco the day we of the love services. Coco. We yes. love Coco. We love yes. Coco. What a gift. And it's such a gift because then, even though it's not a, it's a, it's a, a Mexican tradition, right? Mm-hmm. That we're looking at like the ofrenda is very similar. And so, so very similar. Um, it's, is the offerings and the ofrenda. So it wasn't new. What, by the time we came home from the services, when I'm telling them we're setting up an altar, they had already seen it, um, represented and presented in um uh, in film and so that was such a blessing um and it was easy it was very easy to incorporate that with them and so sometimes they'll come in and like what is this food for um and you know, i remind them you know that it's for <laughs> because one time my son wanted to like get some of it and i'm like well you know <laughs> we can eat you can eat with them but we're gonna make your own because like that's for them and so it's been interesting because they are very churched I would say because mm. they spend a lot of time with their other grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas I am not, I do not attend any congregation. Um, they, their nana is, uh, is a practicing and devout Christian. And so, um, it's, it's, it's interesting now for them to like see, um, and they're starting to ask questions. Um, and so just explaining to them like, Oh, you can love Jesus. I love Jesus, you know, but also as for me and my house, we also serve. <laughs> and they understand. I got to say my cuz my kids similar like they'll go to church with um their grandmother and they got a lot of questions and they have a lot of thoughts and they got a lot of they watch a lot of um very high level intellectual like content around um in cartoon form, but they dissect all of it. And so things like Steven Universe cartoon and there's a new one called Kipo. We love Steven Universe. Oh, we love Steven Universe. Do you watch Kipo? Not yet. You oh turn my me gosh. on. You put Ke- me no, on. Listen, I'm a uh, Kipo and like She-Ra and all of these cartoons. She-Ra. Yes. I love She-Ra. Um, Last Airbender, all of them. So like yes. there's a way that these cartoons that they what they love why they love them is that it respects them as young people like Mm -hmm. like there goes that word again um it it validates them it treats them as if they are who they are which is fully developed human beings and it, it talks about complex ideas of life and death and like the universe and our connection with all of it and so through that they're you know their idea of what the astral realm is, is so much more expansive than anything I could even like think of because they're floating in and out of all different types of dimensions and realities at all times. You know, like we can, they're making connections between something they heard at church to an episode of Steven Universe to something they read in the Harry Potter book to what happened with grandma. Like all of the things are like together and given its own space in their head, which is something that I 
really um, appreciate and kind of want to make sure that I keep making space for. I too, um, I love tarot practice. It's something that, I mean, it's so interesting to hear you say like, I've been doing this for like three, four years because in speaking, like the the t- time is such a right crazy Absolutely. thing. Because once you're here, it moves like it's like dream state. Like you, you're like moving and you're growing so fast. This like is so how much I quicker. know that time is not real, right? It's like not real. this is how I know. Yes, because my life and my connection from that moment yes. on, and then that's how you also know you're dealing with the divine right because you're not the only person who says that like wait what you just started this you just i know it for myself i know it for myself i know if i'm from like like when i look when i think about when i started pulling tarot it feels like my whole life i can't even remember a time before that was part of my practice but it's been a year Literally, like if you know, like in because it, it, you are been, now traveling, right? You are I now am tra- traveling, listen, and you're, you're speaking my language now. Travel. Yes. I mean, listen, yes. everybody needs to watch. So we're talking yes. about the kids, um, and it's really, really important. But you need to watch Shira. Like you need to watch. Yes. Yes. You need to understand because they are telling you what's actually happening, fam. Yes. Like yes. this is the reality of what we are. This yes. they are telling you the truth. Well, we got to get back on this. We got to get back on this call after you guys watch Kipo because that is a whole okay. other. I want to talk about it so bad with you right now. There's one episode. That I don't do spoilers, I'm like, girl. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. I'm, talk, okay. I'm not going to do it. But anyway, when you do it, we're going we're gonna to get on and we're going to talk about it so much more. But I want to say what I appreciate is like just finding ways of like engaging with our children in what is true for us. Like just, it's not even about sitting down. Let me, let me teach you all of the things. It's just like being fully yourself in front of, and with your children Mm -hmm. and they're going to see, and they're going to practice and they're going to do what feels good to them. And and you're going to be like an example of what is possible. And I think that is the part around um, divination that feels so magical to me is this idea that there are so many I can't even tell you what they're gonna do I just know that if I just keep thinking I wish I mean my experience in my path is what it is supposed to be Mm -hmm. but when I think about what I knew or what I, what was like the knowing the clarity of knowing that I that I had when I was 10 and I had when I was eight that was outside of the structures that were around me that over time and schooling and age and socialization and all of the shit um, I lost that I'm now getting back to. And I'm like, oh, they don't, they never have to lose it. They never have to worry about coming to me and saying, mommy, I think, I think grandma, you know, told me, <laughs> you know, auntie grandma, that's what they call my, my grandmother, auntie grandma. I think auntie grandma came and told me that I'm supposed to like, do this mm-hmm. and i can say that makes sense okay what do you think like what you know like or how are you feeling about that mm-hmm. or what, how do we want to engage with that versus like that's that's crazy and you that's why I mean? they or, chose you right because yes yes you yes. value yes um you value that and you value their ability to be completely free to get, to be completely liberated and then to also be connected mm-hmm. um to where they came from yes and i mean and thank you so much for sharing, I mean, the answer, like the world, you know, like the bigger like universe with us on this call. And also like, I just feel so 
fortunate that our our paths kind of crossed you know like in this yes lack of time like this idea of this abandonment of time and now i feel like i've known you know it was so interesting like when we had um we first interacted i was like i know you like yeah i know you and we know each other we know each other i was like i know you already and it doesn't even like time is not a thing um Something I'm asking all of my guests this season to reflect on a little bit is um, I keep thinking about this COVID time and how much I have learned about myself and, you know, I just thinking about it as a teacher. And I'm wondering for you, what has this um, COVID-19 pandemic time taught you? I would say that while time isn't real, right? Mm-hmm. Our ability to slow down time, to slow mm-hmm. down is so important mm-hmm. um, because the ways in which we were living before aren't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And I think that as a collective, we understand that now, mm-hmm. that there have to be some real serious and radical adjustments in the way that we do life together, the way that we support each other, um, the way that we disrespect and the reason why I'm now saying it because I do want to reframe it as because of a conversation I just had with someone I love very deeply versus disrespect devalue each Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. and to now come Mm -hmm. into a space where we truly understand what love looks like um, as a verb um, that we're not willing to sacrifice each other Mm -hmm. Um, so for me COVID if I'm going to take anything out of it is truly um, understanding and embodying what love looks like for me Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't want to spend any time that I'm living um, not completely in love with and feeling like feeling love with everyone I'm in community with everyone I'm in relationship with because it's it the world is too hard to live mm-hmm. in any other way. So when I say slowing down time, I mean, is this necessary? <laughs> like, do I have to do this? Um, do I need to be mad at this? Or do I need to bring this up so that they understand how important that it is to me? Whereas before I may have brushed past it and then I slow down. I'm like, no, actually, this is important. I actually need to speak this. I actually need to name this. So it's really, I think, taught me how to understand my body, understand my feelings, because I'm not constantly going. I am more still, more present, more aware, and really being able to get clear about what I want my life to look like from here on out. Clear. You are so clear. You are so clear. And it's something I, I, I have this book I just write notes in all the time. And something that I keep coming back to is like clarity. Like I have clarity and I want to be around other people that have clarity. And I don't know how to like, that's not about ideology. That's not Mm-mm. about, that's just like clarity, <laughs> you know, like just clear. And that requires a slowing down and a, and a checking in and ability to like hear yourself and your thoughts. Thank you so much. I enjoy talking to you so very much. Um, and I'm so happy that we get to stay connected. So I'll talk to you after <laughs> Kipo. Okay, bye. This podcast was produced by Domino Sound. Why not just get together and live in one love and one identity, you know? 
to watch the reality. It should make you uncomfortable. We have been too comfortable with too many bad things happening for too long. Her story. Police officers shot and killed a black woman in her own home. Hashtags through history. Incident Police officers shot and killed a black woman in her own home. Say their name. Tune in to say their name a podcast that focuses on the assault and killing of unarmed black people by police and in stand-your-ground states. But my child getting shot in the head, 60 seconds. That's how long it took. Wasn't no criminal. My baby was a good man, a good, hard-working man. I'm the mother. Father. Sister, uncle. Grandmother. We were best friends. Gentle, laid-back, fun, sweetheart. He was a, a great kid, always had a smile on his face. This was a person who was our friend, our colleague. Just the opposite of anyone you'd feel you need to defend yourself from. What happens when the hashtag stop, the media leaves, yet the community remains? I know our pain, you know, I want them to know our pain. The community was traumatized and experienced his murder too. Because the only thing they gave me was $60,000. And by the time I got the check, I only had $19,000. Please listen and subscribe to this and other DCP shows at dcpofficial.com on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, or wherever you get your shows. You know, there's just so much stuff now. So sad that kids can't come outside and play. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.